you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. We've landed the plane, and then there were two. Super Bowl 57 is set. Chiefs, Eagles in the Valley of the Sun. Mahomes, Hurts, Andy Reid versus his former team. Kelsey versus Kelsey. Take your pick. Honestly, reach your hand into the magical Super Bowl hat, and storylines are aplenty in there. We've got two short weeks to cover every single thing to talk about. We're going to start it right now. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's Monday, January 30th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Time for the blog. Oh, baby, the AFC title game. Bengals Chiefs, every time these two crazy and kids Jody get together, Burrow and Mahomes is decided by three points. Let's do it. Third and four, need a field goal, 16 seconds. The play that will go down in infamy. Mahomes rolls out. There is Joseph Osai in pursuit. Mahomes goes out of bounds and is hit. Are they going to flag that? Yes, they do. That is a massive, massive penalty that makes it 15 yards closer for veteran Harrison Buckley. Hits him way late. A really, really infamous moment. Just infamous, infamous, infamous. You cannot say it enough. They may be looking at that one for a while. Then Harrison Butker, the venerable kicker, and the Chiefs are going to Arizona. It's over. 23-20. Kelsey was crying. Tears of joy and excitement. The Joseph Osai cutaways on the sideline. Heartbreaking. This is sports, friends. Patrick Mahomes goes back to the third Super Bowl by his 27th birthday. Mm. 23-20, again, a three-point margin. The Chiefs are the AFC champions. The Bengals are going home. It will be Chiefs. It will be Eagles. Tracy Wilson from CBS. This thing's got everything. It has God. It has an intruder. And it has just a little bit of shade at the end. Take it away. First of all, I also want to thank God, man. <laughs> Woo! Girl hit my <laughs> Woo! It's Mahomes' house. Hey, first of all, like I said, I want to thank God, man. He, he healed my body this week, and this team stepped up against a great football team, and uh, we showed this place that's Arrowhead. It's not Burrowhead out here. No, it's not Burrowhead anymore, and you saw Travis Kelsey. It's going to be the Kelsey Bowl against the Eagles. Your early thoughts on heading to Arizona to try and beat the Eagles to win another Super Bowl. They're a great football team. I've watched them all year long. Great quarterback, great entire team, man. It's going to be a great a great challenge for us, but I'm going to celebrate this one first. So uh, I'm going to make sure I get back on my team. I don't think we have any cigars, but we'll be ready to go at the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey, we'll get into him. His post-game antics were deserving and entertaining and all the things wrapped up after an unbelievable game. We've had a night to sleep on this one. Yep. Big takeaways from the Chiefs win that sends them to another Super Bowl, Peter. Mahomes had a little salt there, too. The mm-hmm. cigar line is in regards to what the, the Burrow and those guys did at Arrowhead last year. So For Mahomes, that's a lot. 
you know, this is, yeah. Mahomes does not give you a lot. That of is for him. That is the the attitude era doing this thing. Exactly. Like, that's, that's He's doing the DX. Yeah. Thing. You know what I'm mean, saying? Not for Absolutely. him. That was a ten out of ten. Um, there was there th- that stuff hit all that you know the mayor and all that stuff, and we're gonna get to it. I thought this was a complete team win from the Chiefs, and to me, this was one of these things where like Burrow versus Mahomes, yeah. and then when it mattered most, you had no Juju Smith-Schuster, you mm-hmm. had no Legarius Sneed, you had no Willie Gay, you had no McCall Harmon. Kadarius Tony goes out with injury and you're looking around and you're like yeah it's Mahomes yeah there's a version of Kelsey but I'm not sure Marcus Kemp was supposed to be the guy in a big spot in the fourth quarter and I don't know if Noah Gray is supposed to be in on every snap or if number 24 Sky Moore is going to be there I look at the way that these guys stepped up and I start off with the big free agent signing that Marquez Valdez-Scantling was a Packer for many years and then signs with the Chiefs and had a career day and it was because he had to have a career day Uh, you go through these they they have 10 receivers on their on their depth chart, seven of them were unavailable. And so Valdez Scantling's like, just put it all on me. And he was awesome. You've got him stepping up, and then you go to the Sky Moore return. I mentioned it during the highlights. Sky Moore bobbled three punts this season as a coveted draft pick that they thought they were going to get a lot out of. I think a lot of Chiefs fans are like, why is he back here in the most reliable play of the game, the biggest play of the game? I don't trust him. And he has the huge return. The win probability, which we always laugh at, went from 39% to 51% on this one punt return. Took it all the way back here and got him in position. And last but not least, Joshua Williams is a is, is a rookie. And then you've got this other Jalen Watson is a rookie who does the, the defensive backs. Two rookie defensive backs up against Joe Burrow making huge plays at the end of the game. So to me... Everyone had to step up. This came from every piece of the depth chart. All 53 men, whoever was active in this game was going to have to play a role, and they all did. Mm -hmm. We'll get into Mahomes. We'll get into the salt. We'll get into all this stuff, and I know you guys were going to hit it all from all angles. But to me, this was like every player needed to play a role, and the Chiefs emptied the tank with everything they possibly had as far as roster management and getting the most out of these guys. Unsung heroes inside and out, and mm-hmm. of course Mahomes when it mattered most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you mentioned the Williams interception, what I loved about that was earlier in the game, fourth quarter, I mean fourth down, they yeah. throw it up to Jamar Chase, the same exact route, then they go to it on the other side to T. Higgins. Chiefs adjust, they make the play there. And there was a guy on the Chiefs that I'm looking at where it goes into the playoffs, and he's dominant all seasons, never had a sack in the playoffs, and he said it before the game, hey, I'll see you guys on Sunday at Bowhead. Chris Jones was unbelievable in that game last night. He was all over the field, and he set the tone for the Chiefs up front because they got after Burrow. It was either him, Frank Clark. We saw George Kalafis get his sack, and it was the fourth one of the game early on, and he looks at the camera, and he's counting one, two, three, four, and it kind of let you know what it was going to be last night, and they hit Burrow a ton of times, hit him 12 times in that game. Chris Jones, two sacks, three tackles for loss, and five QB hits himself. And for this game, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they had the Chiefs number. In three games, they only sacked him six times. And then you look at that game last night, that was kind of the telltale for them. They were able to get after Burrow. Late in the game, he wasn't able to make the plays because there was too much pressure in his face. And it was almost like you flash back to last year, even as they went on that Super Bowl run. It was like they're finding ways to win, even though Burrow's getting hit a ton of times. 
but it catches up to you when it catches up to you. And last night, the Kansas City Chiefs was like, it is our night. Ballhead nonsense. No, we're going to hit your quarterback, and he's going to feel us the entire night. The Chiefs were the better team. Yeah. Chiefs, the better team won last night. They were demonstrably the better team for three quarters, in fact. Um, the fourth quarter got very strange and sloppy, and it was the Gene Steratore quarter. The officiating was bizarre. Not Torbert. It was No, no, no. Steratore. It was like I, Steratore, I think, spoke in the game more than Nance did. Like, it was an incredible thing at the end of the game. But uh, the, there was the Chiefs were the better team, and I think that with this game, the legacy will come down to is the final two drives for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I thought Evan Washburn did a great job in pointing out on the Bengals' sideline that, you know, Burrow usually just sits there and he's stoic. Yeah. He gets up and he's screaming in his offensive line. That's very unique for Burrow. It's just not his act on the sideline. And it seemed to be the subtext was, guys, we're going to get the ball two more times, and then we got to go to the Super Bowl. This is it. This is on us. We can win this game. Their two final drives were two plays. It was a punt and an interception. Out. Two, 12 plays, interception, punt, Cabo. That, that, that was it. That's how the season ended for the Bengals. Their best player was out there. They were not without their receivers. There's Chase. There's Higgins. There's all the running backs. They couldn't get it done. They couldn't get any points going. They threw the long pass. It's intercepted. And then at the end, when the Chiefs defense need to make a play, it's this. Bam. Give me a sit down. It was an almost perfunctory sack in which Chris Jones moonwalked into the backfield and just bear hugged Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. They couldn't protect him. They couldn't score. Burrow had the ball. He's in. Burrowhead. He's in front of the crowd. He's got Chase. He's got Higgins. They had no points. Those last two drives, I think that and then the penalty, which we'll get into with the roughing the passer, that's what haunts you in the offseason. It's not that they were the chances were taken from them. They weren't, I don't think, screwed out of opportunities. They had two big opportunities. Zero points. Cabo. That's it. Last two drives, Cabo, which feels very differently to uh, Brittany Mahomes tweeting last night, Cancun on three. Because mm. the did Mahomes she get, she did. They get to celebrate properly now because they have two weeks before so they sassy. get to go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> so was her husband. Sure and was. I kind of liked sure it. Was. Man, Patrick Mahomes. I, the statistics, the numbers, you look at it. If you are simply somebody who doesn't want to watch the games, I'm sorry for you. The games are unbelievable. Just look at the box score. He's remarkable. What I also loved about the late hit was his body language on the sideline. He takes it. He's laying there. He doesn't, he's not looking, he's not standing there with the hand on his hip, like, throw the flag, throw the flag. He just gets rocked out of the sideline, lays on his back to slide, and is like, yeah, okay, I know I got us there. He's just like, yep, that's fine. He knows it's going to be called, but I hate, I, I have a pet peeve with, Oh, call the flag, call the flag. Can't believe they just said to me. Didn't nope. Do. He's like, I did what I had to do to get it done. Then when the kick is going on, did you guys catch the shot? He's standing on the sideline. He, he's like, please, Harrison Bucker, make this kick. I don't think I can give it another overtime. <laughs> I know he would have. That ankle looked like it hurt him. He's got two weeks now to take care of business. But Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He accounted for nearly 80% of all yards that the Chiefs mm -hmm. had on offense, even though he was down one leg. It was it was an unbelievable day for him. It really was an unbelievable defeat. We'll watch yeah. as the kick goes up. Logan Wilson, the middle linebacker for the Bengals, is standing there, and he does not turn. Mm -hmm. He yeah. just snows, and he kind of puts his head down, and he knows yep. the season mm -hmm. is over. Yep. Tough loss for the Bengals. It really really tough. They had their shots. We're going to talk about the other game that was played yesterday in the NFC Championship uh, in just a couple of minutes. But right now, Ian Rappaport is going to join us. Uh, rap sheet, let's talk San Francisco, the 49ers were disappointed yesterday in their loss, but their defensive coordinator could be getting some good news soon. Should be getting some good news. D'Amico Ryans, who late this week emerged as the favorite for the Houston Texans head coaching job. Of course, his season is over, his team season is over, which is all bad, except it does clear the path for him to be named the Houston Texans head coach at some point later in this week. Here's where it stands. 
He is considered to be the favorite. The Denver Broncos who also had significant interest in D'Amico Ryans after interviewing him. They have received indication that he his attention is headed elsewhere. Houston, of course, where he played a former second-round linebacker and a former captain there. So he's going to do a second interview with the Texans this week, assuming all goes well, and it should. He'll be named the Texans' next head coach, the second hire of this cycle. Meanwhile, in coordinator news, the Dallas Cowboys and Kellen Moore yesterday afternoon became official. They have parted ways. It really is not a surprise. Mike McCarthy indicated as much late this week, but now official. But it all sounds like there was everything in the works beforehand. From what I understand, the Chargers received permission to speak with Kellen Moore before he and the Cowboys parted ways. Wheels are in motion. He is expected to be very much in the mix for the Chargers OC job could end up be the one pulling the strings for Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. Nice. Wow, very interesting <laughs> rap sheet. I know, right? <laughs> News on a Monday. Thanks, Rap. Talk to you in a little bit, because still to come on right. Good Morning Football. The Bengals failed to make it to back-to-back -back Super Bowl appearances. The trash talk was a plenty, and we're going to get Good. our takes on if it was too much, too little, or just the right amount, Mama Bear. Okay, good, because I don't know how much we're getting before Chiefs Eagles. I don't know if that's good. That, that might have been a title game thing. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts is headed to the Super Bowl, his first one. We are going to recap the Eagles' big win next in a very unusual NFC title game right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. There was a game on the NFC side as well. 49ers taking on the Eagles. Brock Purdy trying to be the first rookie to lead his team to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts has other plans. Sirianni fired up. All right, Brock Purdy, it is your time. Purdy drops back, looking deep. Hassan Reddick hits him. Ball goes incomplete, almost intercepted. Laval Joseph picks it up. This incomplete pass. Sirianni has other plans. Throws a challenge fan. Hassan Reddick, ball is out before it goes forward. The art of the challenge flag and what it can do. Brock Purdy telling Shanahan, I can't go. I can't go. They're working on that elbow. Josh Johnson now. It is your time. What a journey this guy's been on. Drops the ball right here. Hassan Reddick, the hero all over the field, comes away with it. This Eagles defense getting it done. They're looking at Josh Johnson. You'll see why right here. Dominic Sue makes the hit. His well, head slams into the ground. He gets up kind of slow. Brock Purdy starts warming up on the sideline. Christian McCaffrey, they're trying to switch his helmet so he can get the speaker in his helmet. Just too much going on. Shanahan is just like, what else can we do? Jalen Hurts punches it in. All celebrating. All season, that's what they did. Fourth and one, just we're going to beat you in the trenches. Mm -hmm. and that's what they did. And that's what they did. Double teamed up front, finding a way. <laughs> Grease the poles. What you know what they do. They take pride in that. I love I that. I know. Eagles <laughs> win 31-7. to seven. Take a ton of pride. Cheesesteaks and climbing up poles after they win. <laughs> love it. Bus stops. Let's take a listen to the head coaches and what they had to say after the game. 
I wouldn't say we, we felt disrespected by, by anything by any means, but we wanted to come out here and, and, and let ourselves know and let we knew we knew, um, but let everybody know that you know how physical how physically tough we are and how mentally tough we are. It, you know, no matter what was going to happen in that game, I know we I know these guys in this locker room are going to keep fighting and keep ripping it. Um, because they've been through life's ups and downs, and they and they and they and they and they were built for this. I mean, guys, there's not much to say right now. I mean, it was kind of tough to talk in there right after the game for everybody. I mean, I, we got I got more love for these guys than I possibly could have, and they got it for each other. I was real proud of how they fought out there. Our guys didn't shy away from anything. Thought they got dealt a pretty tough card today, or a tough hand. But um, you know, I just I just hurt for those guys. You know, we really wanted to. And we felt really good about this game, and it was a tough one, some tough circumstances, and we should have done a few things better, but I'm really proud of the group in there and excited to look forward to talking to some of them on the plane. Mm-hmm. All right, here they are. Your NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, are headed to Super Bowl 57. Mm-hmm. It's a good-looking graphic right there. We're going to talk about that team and the Chiefs in the next two weeks, but let's focus on the Philadelphia Eagles. What stood out to us yeah. most in their win over the 49ers? I thought the the, the Purdy situation obviously was paramount, mm-hmm. but the Purdy yeah. situation might not even mattered. And I know Niners fans say, no, wait a second. I don't know if any team was beating the Eagles yesterday with that defensive line and that pass rush. I just felt like every single time that they needed a play, the pass rush was there, and that's what it's been all season. Hassan Reddick has been an unbelievable story this year. He's been bounced around the league. As we know, he's with the Cardinals. He was with the Panthers. He signed in one-year deals here and there. Ends up with the Eagles, and he's one of the elite pass rushers of the sport, and he saved his best for last. Again, unfortunate situation with Purdy. It's a great what if. Niners hung in there for three quarters. We talked about it. the roughing the punter was kind of like, all right, we just can't. There's no way we're winning this game. There's nothing that can happen. But I'm not sure if Purdy was ever going to get going with this defensive line. Look what they've done this season. As a pass rush, they've put up historic numbers. And they're, they're on the verge, if you want to combine playoffs, if they have five sacks, in the Super Bowl, we're talking about the greatest mm. sack team ever. That's and incredible. I, I mean, that's an amazing stat for a team that does not get talked about that way. We often talk about the run game and what they do on the offensive line. The defensive line's been amazing. So the game doesn't have an asterisk to it, but it kind of feels weird even like piling on and being like, they kicked their butt. I, I know the quarterback situation was was everything. And yet, let's not take away from how dominant that Eagles pass rush has been all season and what Hassan Reddick and those boys did yesterday. That for sure. Also, the Eagles hung 31 points on the best defense in the yeah. league. They scored 31 points. But it's a pretty big what if. Huge. Brock Purdy never lost a game. Their last loss was on October 23rd. We don't really know. This is how strange, let's just call it unique, this game was. That's a more positive. I found myself in the second half Googling through the Niners depth chart to say, what if McCaffrey gets shaken up? Who plays quarterback after McCaffrey? (laughs) Do we switch Debo's helmet? Just let him run around? Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings? High school quarterback. Okay, so you put in a high school quarterback (laughs) in the NFC title. That's how weird it was. This, the game from the get-go, <clears throat> what you didn't see in the highlight, on the second snap of the game, the Niners are on defense, Fred Warner goes down, yeah. and he's kicking his legs. He's like, oh, I think Warner might be out for the game. He comes back. Then you have the Devontae Smith non-review, which is massive and also inexplicable, and I think a huge letdown. Everything about Devontae Smith's body language was saying, challenge this. He, he knows it's not a catch. He's doing this thing, and they're like, run the play, run the play. Then Bosa goes down. Bosa gets clipped on the sideline. You're like, he's grabbing his knee. I think Bosa might be out. Mm-hmm. That is after Purdy. The best play going on early on for the Niners was the camera wire, apparently blocking one of the Eagles' punts, which they couldn't prove, even with videotape. And that's not even to speak of Brock Purdy getting injured. It was a a start-to-finish, played-on-a-burial-ground type game for the 49ers. 
I, look, the Eagles are awesome. I think they were the best team left in the Final Four. I think they're the best team left in the Final Two. And the reason Brock Purdy got knocked out is because they hit the crap out of him with their pass rush. He didn't get injured falling off the bus. He was knocked out of the game by the Eagles, and credit to Eagles for that. I would have liked to see a real football game. This didn't feel like a game. Yeah. It felt like, well, can we just flex Bengals Chiefs into the 4 o'clock window now? Because this game's over, and it was. Bizarre ending. The Eagles are an amazing team. I would have liked to see the Niners get to throw a few more punches. I, yeah. It's just terrible. I agree with you both. It, it's a tricky game to break down because you don't want to take away yeah. from what the Eagles were able to accomplish. But, yeah, the 49ers, you're like, man, if, if it had gotten past the first quarter with Purdy, they still felt like they were hanging around. But the Eagles decided, I think, between the first and second quarter, like, we're just going to hold on to the ball and we're going to get the hell out of town. And we're in our own town. Yeah. They had the ball for 37 minutes. On the, they had 25 first downs. If that doesn't scream, oh, we see how this is going, we see how just the gods are against the 49ers today, let's just hold the hell onto the ball. Jalen Hurts understood the game plan. Yeah. What I've loved and appreciated most about this Eagles team is every game feels different. The identity of the team looks different every day. Some days, and I think Jalen Hurts feels it. Halfway through the first quarter, by the end of the first quarter, he's like, okay, I have a sense that we need to be running the ball more today. I need to be running the ball. Oh, you need me to have a couple explosive capacity completions fine I can do that too he has an incredible feel and touch for the game that puts his team and I swear the way he runs a game it affects the defense as well the entire team and game for the Eagles is lifted by the way Jalen Hurts handles himself at quarterback it's contagious it has this powerful leadership quality to it that I think is remarkable we'll we'll get into his story for the next two weeks but what Jalen Hurts accomplished up until yesterday in his football career has been amazing Mm -hmm. what he is about to do playing in his first Super Bowl ever with what he came from Mm-hmm. is remarkable. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it too. But man, he just has this gift to control the narrative of a game and have control of his team that I think hugely impacted the Eagles yesterday. Yeah, without a doubt. You go into that game and you're looking at it, and we said it last week, it was like, these are two juggernauts and we're so excited to see mm-hmm. the matchup up front and what this game is going to be like. And we need to get a chance to see that. And you don't want to take anything away from the Philadelphia Eagles. And a ton of credit to the 49ers because this game was close. Even when Brock mm-hmm. Purdy gets injured, it's 7-7. Seven seven to seven. Seven. And the Eagles go down, score to make it 14-7. And the 49ers are driving until Josh Johnson drops the ball. And then it kind of just went downhill from that point. That was the play. And then you combine the next drive, the 49ers on defense have multiple penalties, which lead to a touchdown. But what I give the credit to the Eagles on is, like Jamie just said, they find different ways to win. One game they may beat you because A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith go off and they catch some bombs down the right and left Mm -hmm. sideline. Yesterday wasn't that. It was just like, All right, the 49ers are down bad right now. Their quarterback situation, everything they have going on, let's just run the ball. And what you saw yesterday, you heard Greg Olson talk about it, and he would say on one of the touchdown runs, look at the two double teams up front. And for guys watching, girls watching, you hear that. And then you look at two offensive linemen, and you see them moving one person together. And it's just like, my goodness, they're moving somebody beyond their will. And their offensive line has been talked about all season long. And we saw it yesterday. And I know this 49ers defense was beat down because when you're out there playing defense and your offense can do absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. you wear down. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the, the Philadelphia Eagles rushed for over 40, 140 yards, multiple touchdowns. Yeah. 
That Niners defense, there was just nothing to do. You're sitting on the sideline, you're watching your offense. Purdy attempted four passes. Mm -hmm. You're out there on defense, you're like, we got to find a way to make a play. Philadelphia didn't allow them mm -hmm. to. They continued to run, whether it was Hurts, whether it was Sanders, whether it was Gainwell. They found a way to get yards on the ground, and that proved a way to win the game. The, the one seed for them was so important because now you have all these guys healthy. You've got Lane Johnson healthy. Yeah. You've got Jalen Hurts healthy. And you see... Uh, they come in there and they're like, all right, we earned this home field advantage. Yeah. We earned the week uh -huh. off. They look like they're the healthiest team in the league and they look like they were the most prepared yesterday. Yeah. Eagles rush for 163 yards a game when Jalen Hurts plays it. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. yeah. And mm -hmm. he ran for his 15th rushing touchdown as a quarterback, which set a record in the NFL most yesterday. Mm -hmm. Most mm -hmm. ever passing Cam Newton. But Jalen Hurts heading to the Super Bowl and Stacey Dales caught up with him after the big win. He worked really hard to have this opportunity, so the job ain't done. You never get too high or too low. That was dominant. How dominant for you? Are you satisfied with that? I think we, we played a really good team game. Uh, we played together. We overcame some things, and uh, we have the opportunity in front of us. We want to take advantage of it. What's it mean to go to a Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm fresh. I, I don't know yet. The classic walk and talk after winning an NFC champion. Way to go, Stacey Dills. That was awesome mm -hmm. to hear from Jalen Hurts after the game. It's been a remarkable season for both quarterbacks uh, playing in Super Bowl 57. In fact, uh, these two quarterbacks will be the first two African-American starting quarterbacks in a Super Bowl. That's really special. That's awesome history to be made. Let's specifically talk about the Eagles signal caller, though, Jalen Hurts, and a trip to Super Bowl 57. What that means for Jalen Hurts is, Jason, you kind of led with it, building his legacy and what he's trying to be about. What do you think this chapter of his life? I think it's awesome. I think when you look at any player, the journey to get to where you are, and I think for Jalen Hurts, you can go back to he's at Alabama, he's in the national championship game, and they're losing 13 to zip, and they insert Tua Tungavailoa, and that next season he goes on and he's watching and he's watching, and he gets his opportunity at Oklahoma, and now the Eagles draft, and then Wentz is there, and there's a whole bunch of different things going on, and now in two weeks he'll be playing in a Super Bowl, and the ability to overcome adversity and be able to believe in yourself and not out and just continue to play and play and he said after the game he said going through what he went through in college one of his favorite verses was John 13 7 and it talks about you'll understand when it comes and you go through that adversity and in the midst of it like you're asking why like hey I'm on top of the world and next thing you know I'm watching another guy and I'm congratulating him after the national championship but I'm trying to figure out why my personal situation is the way it is and later on, you understand why. And as he prepares for a Super Bowl, he can kind of go back on that adversity and that obstacle in his life and say, hey, I went through all of that, and the reason was for me to get to where I am now and know that I can do it. And Jalen Hurts has been so fun to watch as he just continues to tackle hurdle after hurdle. He's so cool. He's so, so cool. cool. He's so cool, so likable. The teammates like him. The fans like him. Like, Joe Burrow's not the only guy who's cool and smokes cigars. Oh. He's got the cool fit. And that, that's, that's a man in, in head-to-toe lavender yep. after winning the NFC and smoking a nice, puffy cigar. He, he puts him up there with, with Jack Nicholson and, and Schwarzenegger and Red Auerbach. Like, those are the, that's the cigar crew right there. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny in, in the scheme of this season, it seemed to me, like, as you're going in, in back in August, that, and certainly as the season continued, that Howie Roseman constructed this, this masterpiece of talent and mm. positional stuff, and he continued to add to it. But can the quarterback play? I think, I think he's good. Is he great? That's going to be what holds this team back. It's going to be Jalen Hurts, and it was not. It was the opposite. He, not only could he play, he was their best player. And it's been an amazing story. Peter, I really hope it doesn't culminate in the Super Bowl, him getting benched at halftime for Gardner Minshew, right? Oh, yeah. That would be a terrible, be terrible renewal of the history, right? Gardner's not a lefty, so... That's it's, true. It's, it's okay. Can't do that. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm with you on like the story. I'm also, how about the Eagles? Almost, when you have a quarterback in Carson Wentz who is a second overall pick mm-hmm. and yeah. you still draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. you're giving yourself a controversy that maybe you don't necessarily want or need, but you do it because it's for the better of the team. You let those guys go after it, right? Then they end up saying, all right, we're going to move on from Wentz. They trade him. And then it's Hurts, but it's like Hurts is on a rookie deal, a second year contract. Mm-hmm. They've got all these first round picks. They had two first round picks this year. They didn't take a quarterback. They traded one and got A.J. Brown and they took mm-hmm. Jordan Davis. They have two first-round picks next year because they have the Saints' first-round pick. Going into this season, there were a lot in the NFL who were like, this is a make-or-break year for Jalen Hurts because guess what? They've got two first-round picks, and it's a good quarterback draft. I think Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and and the coaching staff saying, let's let Jalen Hurts just be Jalen Hurts, and then, you know what? Make himself undeniable, and now he's undeniable. It's like this situation was not one of them where it was, hey, Jalen Hurts was the first overall pick. He's our guy. He was taken, and he had to earn his place on the roster. Got it. Beat out Wentz. Got it. And then kept off all I'll throw one other name in here, and I did it on Twitter, and everyone's like, that was never in conversation. What, what name? Deshaun Watson was the hottest name in football on the trading block, and the Eagles were never in the mix. It was like Carolina's interested, New Orleans is interested, Cleveland's interested, Atlanta's interested. Philadelphia had a second-round quarterback who a lot of people didn't believe in. They were never in the mix for Deshaun Watson. They didn't throw their hat in the ring. They weren't Miami trying to dance and get Deshaun Watson either. Like, I think the Eagles franchise deserves a lot of credit, too. Second-round pick when you already had a second overall pick and say, let him go after it, and then, oh, wait, no, he's our guy. Don't worry about us. We're good. Mm. I really love this matchup. I really love talking about this quarterback in particular because it feels like because everything the Chiefs have done over the last five years, we know the Patrick Mahomes experience. We know the story. We know the background. Like, that's the beauty of playing in a Super Bowl is your life for the next two weeks, your story. Whoever you are on that team, it's going to be written. It is a fantastic opportunity to find yourself in a Super Bowl. I can't wait for the world, us included, to learn more about Jalen Hurts over the next two weeks. I think he is a fascinating young man who, again, born and raised in Houston. His father is a high-level high school football coach in Houston played for his dad and I know people are going to roll their eyes at like oh whoa is Jalen Hurts he got to go to Alabama and then Oklahoma no he I almost want to go to Jalen Hurts and say it doesn't matter how many times you have been wronged you are right mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl you are a quarterback you are the starting quarterback on team in the Super Bowl I'm not here for like if only he had stayed at Alabama and he would have been a higher draft pick where a different team would have gotten him. No, I find that the Jalen Hurts experience that we are having, he is a product of all of the life experiences and the pieces and the football that he has taken in. It is now just that is what we are being gifted as we watch him play. I am so obsessed with watching his body language with this mm-hmm. team and be the leader, be the convincing leader, like you said, take over and influence an entire team. It's not just the offense. Jalen Hurts is so impressive to me right now. No doubt about it. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Now he just has to beat Patrick Mahomes. The cigar, too, and the la- velour lavender. Is that what it is? Velour? I think it was velour. No belt. No belt. I like belt. that look. No yep. Leather jacket, no belt. I don't think it was velour. I think it was oh, a leather jacket. A, a lavender leather, leather I jacket. I love this breakdown. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. no belt. We were in the Fox pregame show when he came walking in, and Le- one of our leather. analysts, I won't name who, says, all right. Oh, my God, you're right. A bit much. <laughs> oh! Jake Glazer thinks that's a bit too much, Peter. Jake Glazer was not there. He was at the field in Philly. It was yeah. one of the guys on the Fox kickoff show. Peter, not enough. Um, bit much. Victor nope. Woodson, who You're not rocking not the lavender. Not which one. You know, but... Bit much. You just won the NFC title. Yeah, You're sitting in the care. studio somewhere. You can do whatever you want. I like wants. it. I like it. Yeah, it was, it was really a lot. Cool. It was a lot. Why did you point out no belt? Is that is that one of yeah, the... If you wear a suit with no belt, suit pants with no belt, it's a big deal. That's a saw. Yeah. He's 13 days away from the real belt. There you go. There you go. Nice, Kyle. So good at that. Cody Rhodes was legit. Peter, Google Cody 
roads during it. He's a l- l- legend. All right. Well, in the family of a legend. <laughs> I'm an AEW of- guy myself. Really? I rock with the cons. <laughs> Uh, we'll take an early look at the Eagles and Chiefs. Let's let's take an early bite at the apple, guys. Eagles, Chiefs, the Super Bowl. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! We'll see y'all in Burrowhead. Let that sink in your mind. We'll see y'all in Burrowhead. Woo! Burrowhead, my... Woo! It's Mahomes' house! Hey, let me tell y'all something, man. Don't ever, 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 and I'm looking at the camera when I say this, disrespect Arrowhead. I don't care how many times you done beat us. Don't ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium. Pretty good. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrifying. Really Whatever Chris shows, I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever you say, man. Bengals. They had a lot of confidence heading into Arrowhead. I don't see that as a bad thing. They were playing great. I like the chirp, but they came up short on Sunday against the Chiefs. Thoughts about how the Bengals, in particular, Peter went out last night? Yeah, look, there was a lot of salt in this one, and the Chiefs usually play it pretty close to the chest. They're not ones that are big talkers necessarily. But then you see the postgame sound, and we'll trickle it out throughout the show. Like Juan Thornhill has a cigar in his mouth. And- is going <laughs> off uh, uh, on the Bengals after the game. I and mean, it's like, you realize that they lean into it. Everything from the mayor with the scarf talking and saying that there should be a paternity Scar- test because yeah. Burrow owns Mahomes. Like, they heard it all. They just didn't comment on it. I thought it was fascinating. But I'm going to go to the officiating side of this thing because, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bengals fans this morning are saying the officials cost them the game. And they could be right on that. They could think that there were some calls that didn't go their way. And I look at how the Bengals internalized that and take it on. I thought Zach Taylor took the high road in his comments after the game, basically said, hey, this this is what it was. I love these guys. Let's move on. But this is part of a team's story. The Bengals aren't going anywhere. So now you have the 3-0 against Mahomes. Then you lose one and you say, well, the refs cost us this one. Put that in the back pocket. Now you've got these guys saying, don't you ever call it Burrowhead. Put that in your back pocket. (laughs) My takeaway from the Bengals is they left it all in the field. They had their opportunities. The officiating was spotty at times. But this all is another chapter for this great rivalry. And I'm here for the next time they play. And the time they play after that, these two quarterbacks are going to get older and they're going to have different weapons around them and they're going to have to deal with roster management questions. But if I'm the Bengals this morning, I wake up and say, you know what? We had a chance. The officiating didn't go our way. That's fair. You can say that. But gosh, I cannot wait to face those guys again. And I think that's my takeaway. And Bengals fans, if you want to cry and and be upset, that you're allowed to. That's part of being a fan. That's okay. The calls did not go your way last night. The name is Aftab Puraval. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the mayor That's of Cincinnati. The, mayor who Cincinnati. Look, the biggest eye roller in the world is mayoral bets and mayoral trash talk. And I'll give you chicken wings and we'll give you skyline. This guy, this guy sat down at his <laughs> desk, presumably with aides assisting him and encouraging him, and says that there needs to be a paternity test if Joe Burrow is Patrick Holmes' <laughs> father. <laughs> 
Mr. Mayor, what are you? T I mean, listen, we're talking about a, a, an office in a city that was once held by Jerry Springer. Yes. And this is the most outlandish thing we have seen from the Cincinnati mayor to a guy in Mahomes who's always just like a perfect gentleman and is not welcoming any of that or looking for it. It's not like you went after some known antagonist. What a strange decision to do. And the Chiefs are like, look, we're just professional and we win and we're, we're a legendary little run here. But don't piss us off. We're also <laughs> human beings. The bear. We don't want to respond unless you make us respond. Listen, and I don't. I, the Cincinnati thing is so fun because they're so young, and I think this this league and maybe even this world in sports, we need villains yes. and antagonists. Yeah. We, it, there's nothing wrong with it. You know what I did Saturday night? Something I haven't done since I was like sixth grade. I watched Royal Rumble. Yeah. I bought I bought 45 bucks for Royal Rumble, and guys were throwing <laughs> each other out of the ring. Logan Paul's in there, and all these guys were just don't give a bleep and are fully just antagonizing, and I felt like I watched it again on Sunday, mm. and I feel like the villain got thrown out over the top rope, and this was Cody Rhodes, who was the winner of the Rumble, is the, you know, the Dusty Rhodes family. Is he related to Dusty? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the whole thing, he's got the blonde hair, and so Dusty's the American dream, Cody's the American nightmare. I like that. Uh, and I do too, and I think the Chiefs are the AFC's nightmare. I, I can't believe, Aftab Puravol, I don't know what his political future is or anything, but man, that, that was a lot, sir, wherever also, you are. He also signed a proclamation, they gotta yeah. play us day, which was like the that was like the benign way he could have gone. And then he had to go over the top rope, it's if a lot. you will, off the top rope Nicely with done, a Jamie. paternity test. And I'm, and I'm all for it. I, I, think, I love like, it. I love it. Was, it. it was from the great. mayors or the players? From everybody. Like like, the okay. From the Eli Apple right. to the mayor yeah. to everybody throwing. We saw Mike Hilton in Buffalo saying, hey, we're going to Burlehead. Valdez Scantling heard it. He made play after play against Mike Hilton in that game. And what I loved about it was all week, the Chiefs didn't say a word about any of it. And then on Friday, the last presser, Chris Jones is just like, I'll see you guys at Burrowhead Stadium. Like super serious, not laughing about it. And then you got to the game and you just saw the unleash of it all. And when you win a game like that and you're going on to the Super Bowl, when you win a Super Bowl, that's when all the trash talk comes out that accumulates throughout the entire season. But for the Chiefs, this game, like they want, they would have been pissed off if Buffalo beat Cincinnati. They were looking forward to this game. This was the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl, yeah. where now we're going to talk all of our trash. <laughs> we're going to get it all out. We're going to let Cincinnati know about it. To Peter's point, now all offseason, I want these sound bites to yeah. play in your head day after day mm -hmm. after day. Burl head my bleep. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tread lightly here and quickly in regards to the officiating. And what did you, it was spotty at times. Yeah. I think is a is a, is a kind is a fair yeah. to say it's a kind way to say it. I would, being a fan of any team is um, heartbreaking. By the end of it, pretty much everyone's heart is broken except for one team that's left mm -hmm. standing. And to feel like a game, uh, an outcome of a game that was really well played between two awesome teams was at times determined by somebody else's human error, if you will, is wildly frustrating. The three different attempts at third and nine were confusing mm -hmm. for everybody. There is a pool report explanation that you can go up and look at if you would like to. But I just want to say Bengals fans, I hear you, mm -hmm. I feel you, I see mm -hmm. you, it hurts. But you also were right there at the end, and I think that's yeah. what you have to do. You had a fantastic season, right and uh, human error is, is a tough thing to swallow sometimes, but uh, that's what we're going to chalk it up to. It really is. And then we go on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.